Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. There is the story of what some people are calling the Red Hill fiasco, and that is uh, the uh, revelation that we got last week that a uh, consultant's report that dealt with safety issues, i.e. traction and slippering uh, conditions on the Red Hill, was never shown to city council, certainly never shown to the public, uh, which many people thought was very germane to the debate that was going on that time in lieu of some of the uh, fatalities that had occurred. Uh, City Council at first had decided that uh, they wanted to uh, refer this whole issue to the uh, Auditor General uh, to try to get some clarity on this, but there's been a hue and cry, not just from the public, but from uh, a number of city councillors about, first of all, the fact that many of them feel betrayed by city staff that didn't show this report and the implications to this. One of them was uh, Ward 4 Councillor Sam Marula, who was on our program last Friday. When we asked the questions about the asphalt, we were told that it met or surpassed MTO standards. So I asked directly, do these meet the same standards as the 400 series highways? And he says, yes, it not only meets the standard, it exceeds it. Which, by the way, is uh, somewhat contradictory to uh, what was in that consultant's report. So in light of that, and in light of the uh, the revelation uh, that I'm sure many people have seen now from the actually a, a video of that uh, one of those meetings anyway, where Council Marula was questioning city staff about that and received that sort of a response, uh, some councillors are rethinking their position on how to approach this. One of them is uh, Councillor Brad Clark, the city councillor for Ward 9. He joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Good morning, Brad. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you, Bill? Good. It's been a busy weekend. I know you've been busy on uh, social media and on Facebook and on uh, email trying to respond to a number of the constituents. What are you hearing? Uh, anger um, and exasperation, I think, would be the two words that, that spell out the feelings of my constituents and folks across the city. Anger at whom? Um, I don't think they really know who they're angry at yet uh, because they don't have all the answers. They're angry that the report was suppressed. They're angry that, that, that people died on this section of the highway. Um, the, the, naturally, the councillors are receiving uh, the brunt of that anger because they're the ones that are closest to the people. And the councillors are also feeling betrayed and angry that this happened in this manner at all. They, they just do not understand how a report of that significance addressing health and safety issues was withheld from them. Well, it's the timing, Brad, that I think a lot of folks, are, as I've seen some of the responses, and I've received an awful lot of them as well, mm-hmm. is because uh, I, know, I know that your current general manager, Dan McKinnon, said, look, there's a lot of consultant reports that never really see the light of day. They're just for staff and for internal things. But this was very germane to a debate that was going on, and I think that's what rankles a lot of people. The, the, the issue for me is that if our senior staff ever receive any report that is dealing with a health or safety issue, uh, where lives could be at risk, where there's uh, serious safety concerns, I do, I do not believe that that report should be withheld from the council. It should be brought to the senior management and brought to the council immediately, and we're the ones that are supposed to make these decisions. Um, it frustrates me immensely that, that this has happened. Well, and I think what exacerbates the, fr- the frustration and concern that you and your council colleagues feel, and certainly a, a lot of people in the public right now, is is the fact that we were hearing concerns during the time of these fatalities as these weren't being investigated about road conditions and about the quality of the road, the design of the road. I mean, there are a lot of things, some of them very relevant to what's going on, some of them maybe not so much. But this report should have been part of that discussion because there was an opinion expressed by experts about that that we never got to see, and more importantly, you never got to see. 
and, and any background study like that should be brought forward. Uh, I mean, I, let, let me just get right to the, the nut of it. The report was paid for by taxpayer money. It was it was paid for to inform decisions of this government, and then it was withheld. So that cannot happen, and it and we certainly have to put in place protocols to fix it so that it doesn't happen in the future. But we have to find out the truth. Who knew? When did they know? Why didn't they report it? What was the outfall? What was, was the ramifications? These are all things that we need answers to, and, and I'm not sure the council on their own is equipped to, to get those answers. Well, I know that you've got a couple of motions to address those two issues, and we're going to talk about those in just a couple of minutes. But I think what bothers an awful lot of the councillors, and you heard my conversation with Council Marula, and I've talked with others over the last couple of days as well, is is this defies one of the basic tenets of governance. In other words, you as a, an elected official can only make an informed decision based on the information that you're given. Uh, you're, you're 100% correct. Uh, you know... <laughs> We make difficult decisions all the time, and, and, and sometimes in the back of your mind you think, oh, God, I wish I didn't have to make this decision. But if we're provided all of the information, if we're provided the opportunity to question the experts who made these recommendations, then we can make informed decisions to help protect uh, our community. When that breaks down, then the entire system is failing. And if there are people on staff that have a contrary opinion to that, by all means, you, they should inform council too and let the debate begin. A hundred percent. I mean, that's what it's all about. There, there I, I, I frequently received reports that 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 said one thing, and then receive a minority report of someone who disagrees with it. That's all well and fine, but at the end of the day, the councillors have to make the decisions on how we move forward. If we don't get the report, then then clearly the the system is failing, and and I want to know why we didn't get it. So, as I said, initially, council said, well, we'll just turn this over to the Auditor General. And we're not privy to what went on the back and forth in there because it was a confidential meeting. I understand that for legal reasons. Uh, but you're considering now, from the motion I saw that you actually emailed over the weekend, Brad, uh, you want to take this to the next level. Well, it's been my preference all along. Um, the Auditor General having a, a, an, an internal or our Auditor General do this investigation. That was something that the city, the city could move forward with with very quickly and start to to preserve some of the, the records. Um, but from my experience, when you have an issue of such compelling public interest, you want to ensure that um, witnesses can be compelled to testify, that records can be seized, that should people not choose to to participate in this process, that the judge has the authority to issue contempt of court citations. So there's an entire process that is available to any municipality in Ontario, and it's a judicial investigation. Uh, It's under the Municipal Act. That's how it starts. We have a judge from Superior Court that would would hold the the hearings, uh, and the hearings are all set up under the Public Inquiries Act. So this is not uh, something that's new. It's been done in many situations across the province over the years, and I, I, I honestly don't believe that we have any other alternative except to look at um, the one mechanism that can really dig in and get to the truth with authority. As I said in my commentary at, uh, at eight ten this morning, Brad, uh, not only can there be no bias, there can be no perception of bias. And and the best way to uh, to eliminate that perception of bias is to just sh- shove this off and have nobody that's involved with the city have anything to do with the investigation. That's correct. I mean, I I know our Auditor General. I've known him for many years. He worked at Queen's Park. The man is uh, impeccable. He's he's fastidious. 
He has one hell of a reputation, uh, but we're in a situation where he's also our internal auditor. So we have an internal auditor role for him and a hybrid role of auditor general. So that in itself raises the potential for the perception that he's not completely independent. And we need to acknowledge that. And so how do we move forward in a manner that we have a clearly independent process that really has some authority and teeth to it to get the bottom of it. And I, I just can't see any other avenue except the judicial investigation. All right. If uh, your council colleagues are outside with this, I know you're going to present the motion later on this week. Uh, what's the process? How do, you, how do you get somebody involved? Who do you ask? Um, the process under the Municipal Act is we would request um, the Chief Justice uh, of the Superior Court of Ontario to assign a judge to, to um, conduct this type of judicial investigation. So it's not really that complicated. I think council should get some uh, expert legal advice from people who have gone through this before uh, to guide them through this process. Um, But really, the judge takes over at that point, and the process runs its course. And, and, And that really, as you stated in your comment today, it eliminates any hint of bias at all. I know some people, as I go through some of these comments today, are suggesting that the OPP or other agencies get involved. This is not a criminal investigation. That's I, I don't see any purpose in that. At this point, what you're recommending seems to be the best course of action. Yeah, and, and the Public Inquiries Act addresses um, liability issues and addresses what, what evidence can be used in other proceedings. So it's very clear that this is about getting to the truth. It's not about criminality. It's not about civil litigation. It's simply about getting to the truth. All right. Part B, uh, the other element that you wanted to discuss here uh, was process. Uh, and how do you ensure that this, this sort of thing doesn't happen again? Well, I, I, I've looked at that long and hard, and I really believe that we need a protocol that directs city staff to share any consultants' reports, documents, memorandums, any, any type of correspondence that raises any question about current or future risk to human health and safety, those items should be shared with council immediately. And, it sh- and the obligation should be put on staff to do that, and, and that obligation should be a part of their employment contract with the city. There's, there's an old analogy I know you're very familiar with, and I think we've thrown it around from time to time, too, about the role between staff and, and the elected officials, and it's, it's the rowing and steering. In other words, you are the council. You decide what the policy is going to be. Uh, you do the steering. They do the, the rowing, after, but it's in the direction in which you've told them to go. Uh, so when somebody independently, and I'm only alleging what happened here, I don't know what happened, but if somebody just arbitrarily decides, I don't think they need to see this, uh, that seems to be contrary to what that, that whole theory is, is trying to, I think, provoke. And my biggest fear is that that starts to break down trust um, between uh, our staff and the council. We want to make sure that everyone around the table is feeling comfortable with each other. It's not about recrimination against any individuals. It's about having all of the information when we make decisions. Who had eyes on this thing? I mean, I mean, there seems to be some reporting right now as to who the general manager or the chief engineer was at that time. And, and the likelihood is, I think uh, even uh, the mayor suggested that he probably saw this report. Who else would see this? I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that only one person actually had eyes on this. I honestly can't answer that question. I, I don't know who's seen it, and I think that's why the judicial investigation is important. We need to find out how far up the ladder using the, the colloquialism, uh, this information went. And and at this moment, um, I don't believe anyone on council, including the mayor, knows uh, uh, exactly who knew about it 
and why they didn't do anything. We we're still trying to find uh, what's what's happened, uh, and and I, I suspect that the only way we're going to get to the bottom of it completely is to have that judicial investigation. Can you ex- expedite this? I mean, how quickly can you get this done? I, I I know that when I had Dan McKinnon on the program the other day, he suggested people have to be patient. I, I'm not sensing a lot of patience here, Brad. Uh, no, over the weekend I didn't sense much patience at all um, from anybody. Uh, I, I I think we need to make a decision quickly. I think that we need to have someone come in and, and explain um, not just to the council but in public what the process will be and how it would unfold um, and and start that, that investigation. Ultimately, once we make the decision to request uh, a judicial investigation or any external investigation, it leaves the council's hands. It should be in someone else's hands, and, and the scope should be addressed uh, by that, that independent investigator. And, and by the way, they, my guess is that's not going to be the end of the process. Obviously, at the end of this inquiry, should council decide to go in this direction, uh, there's going to have to be some action, some reaction to this by council. I, I, I believe what we're, we've already started in the two motions that I've already um, uh, put forward to my, my colleagues, uh, including one that deals with how staff would answer and, 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 and reply to any Auditor General investigation, we need to make it clear that staff have to cooperate and we have to put things like that in policy. So part of our job right now is to, to rebuild the trust um, uh, with the public uh, and, 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 and with our, our staff and ourselves and put in place protocols that very clearly we're getting all the information that we require and start developing policies um, that open up, for example, the freedom of information process and, we, and, and there's a term access by design. We shouldn't be forcing people to jump through hoops on freedom of information. If it's a, a basic report that has come back on on something those documents paid for by taxpayers, in my opinion, should be automatically made available and not force people to go through large FOI processes that are costly. Brad, you're not the first counsel over the last couple of days that's talked about the relationship between the elected officials and staff. Is, is that relationship bruised or is it broken? I think it's bruised. I, I think everyone, I, I, I sincerely believe that senior staff and counselors um, share the same concerns and desires to move forward to fix this and to work together on it. Um, but I have to be honest, I, I know a lot of my colleagues uh, are feeling very betrayed um, and, and they're not sure on, on the trust level. We have to rebuild that trust level. We have to know that uh, Mr. Zagarek and his team, when we ask for information, that they're going to provide it. They're going to provide it promptly. And I believe that we're going to see that happen very quickly as we move forward. Could be a very revealing week. Brad, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. We'll be watching. Take care, Bill. You betcha. Brad Clark, the uh, counselor for Ward 9. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.